great news for our video poker players. Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Not only does the largest diamond store in Louisiana have 2,389 engagement rings. We also have 904 wedding bands. Not including the one-of-a-kind wedding band we're going to make for you. Do you have a really unique engagement ring? Are you having a hard time finding a wedding band that matches it? Come to Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. The largest diamond store in Louisiana. He just loves saying that. Ramsey's can make a custom wedding band that fits alongside your engagement ring perfectly no matter how unusual your engagement ring is it will look like it was made for it because it was the sky is the limit when you come to the largest diamond store in louisiana dad i think aunt Lori likes saying that too you're gonna find the perfect engagement ring at ramsey's and you're gonna find the perfect wedding band too engagement rings and wedding bands are what we do and big anniversary diamonds welcome to ramsey's ramsey's diamond jewelers the largest diamond store in louisiana on veterans between bonneville and west end in metairie terrebonne general health system community sports institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to terrebonne parish we provide a certified athletic trainer to every terrebonne parish high school we also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1400 student athletes annually along with cpr and aed certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Can we talk? talk sports? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. As always, appreciate the time. And Mr. Vegas makes for us at uh, VSI Doc Sports, Mr. Rafael Esparza. He's got a little YouTube show on Monday and Fridays. I have yet to be a guest on, but you know who's counting? That is on Monday and Fridays over on YouTube. I need to, how are you? Because you live in the quarter. I'm doing well. I survived. Uh, so that's uh, always a uh, plus. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I would have to say a very interesting Tuesday. We'll put it that way. That, that was your first Mardi Gras being a resident, right? Yes. Uh, resident in the French Quarter, so yes, I, I will now rent my uh, downstairs bathroom out for every uh, Mardi Gras Tuesday because I think I could probably retire uh, in, in two Mardi Gras. Really? Um, I, I was surprised. I thought you used to say maybe you take a vacation. Did you enjoy it? I mean, like it's got to be nice to just be able to like walk out your front door. And there it is. <laughs> Yeah, me and the wife said the same thing. It was fun having Mardi Gras come to us instead of us going. So it was it was fun. I mean, yeah. it was probably the number one people. Watch. And I've been all over. I've been uh, down. I've been in Vegas in New Year's. I've been to Super Bowls, uh, stuff like that. Okay. I would have to say Tuesday was probably the number one people watching event that I ever ever been into. All right, let's get into the stuff that really people care about, being able to make some money, more importantly, some storylines in and around the world of sports. So let's start with this. This morning, making my lunches, doing the breakfast thing, and there it is. Kendrick Perkins, the Lakers should shut down LeBron James. They lose their fourth in a row, 132-111, one game ahead of the Pelicans in the ninth spot. What are you hearing, man? Do, Do you think they actually do that? I don't think they shut him down, but if he tweaks something, let's say an ankle, back, whatever, 
then I think, okay, they'll maybe say, okay, he's out for two weeks, but then all of a sudden I just think that he'll get, he's not coming back. So they can maybe try to say it's an injury, but actually they're going to just tell him he's out. Because I, I, I've said this to you guys multiple times, that the Lakers weren't going to be in the playoffs, and I, and I think the Pelicans can, can easily grab the ninth spot. Uh, I think either Portland or the Spurs will grab the last spot. Uh, I don't think the I don't think the Pelicans can catch the Clippers. That's why I think they probably end in the, at the ninth spot. Right. I think it would be big, don't you think? Um, to, to not only get, retain this play in, maybe even host that play in game, and I, I think it would be a, a big thing moving forward for this team, don't you? Oh, I agree, and I would not play. Uh, I would not want to play the Pelicans. I think they're like, as a team. I think they're jolling. I think uh, they love the addition of CJ. I said CJ. Wanting to be here is so big. It's bigger than his play. It's bigger because I think the team sees it, the management sees it. It probably rubs off in the locker room. Uh, if they can steal a, a victory tonight against Utah, I mean, there's nothing but upswing. Uh, I think for the Pelicans in the next couple of weeks. All right, let me ask you this: Who do we see first, Zion or Ben Simmons? What is going on with that guy? I think it's more mentally than anything. I, at first I thought, oh, maybe he's just using it as an excuse for not wanting, but I think it's more mental than anything. I, mm-hmm. I thought maybe getting out would maybe clear up his head. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just a little bit deep. I mean, I think a lot of people are saying that he, this whole back thing where he's not healthy or whatever thing is to avoid the game at Philly that's coming up here. But, you know, it's it just, it, it, it's interesting because the, the the Nets, I get if they get healthy in Kyrie. Because, look, right now they're saying that first-round series would be against the Raptors and in Toronto. Kyrie can't play. Hello? Did we lose Raphael? We'll see if we can get Raphael back here in a quick sec as one of the things that we're looking at, of course, obviously, is what happened with, you know, the the nets and the vaccination thing and, and how that is going to go. But, yeah, I mean, when you start looking at all of those aspects of it, um, I think it, it will affect the the postseason. Let's see if that's Raphael giving us a buzz here back, and I'll try to answer that here. Hello, Raphael? Yep. Oh, there it is. Figured it was you. Uh, what's up, man? Uh, what happened there? Nothing. <laughs> I made fun of a local LSU guy, and you guys hang up on me. Okay, well, there you go. I, I get that. So, all right, let's look at some of the games here, man, so some folks can make some money. And um, let's start with the Pacers and Pistons. Looking at tonight's action, Indiana is three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The numbers starting to come down. I say if you like Indiana, wait to see if you can get a solid three or even two and a half. Why would you want to put any of your hard-earned money on the Detroit Pistons? Okay. Cavs at the 76ers. Harden and them look pretty good. Philly's a seven-point favorite against this young up-and-coming Cavalier team. I don't know. Is, is that a lot, seven? It is. It's seven and a half. I think it continues to climb because mm. uh, the 76ers already won the title uh, with Harden being there. and They're unstoppable. I'm sorry you played the Knicks. 
really. Uh, I'll take the plus points. I've been, a, I've been a Cleveland fan all season long. Fun, uh, fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. Hawks and Wizards. Atlanta, four-point favorite on the road. Is this a team that we're, we're kind of waiting to kind of catch fire like they did last year, or is just that who they are this year not not the same? The 30 and 32. Yeah, I'm puzzled with them. Uh, even though they had a big win against uh, the Bulls uh, a couple nights ago, I'm a little bit puzzled on them. Uh, I want to say take Atlanta, but I would say just pass this one. I think I'm more shocked that there are rumors that come out that Bradley Beal is probably going to sign an extension for Washington. Wow. Yeesh. Why? I, okay. Uh, Bucks and Bulls. This is in Chicago. Milwaukee is a five point favorite. Why? Why, why am I not buying this? They they were down 19 to the Heat. Drew Holiday had to hit a game winner. Um, I don't know why. Do, am I tapping on my on my on my on my sportsbook app here? Chicago. Uh, I would probably say not. They've lost, I think, what, three straight or four okay. straight. They played last night. I think the under has to be a good bet. Two forty and a half, really? That's a lot of points. Uh, I think Milwaukee wins this one, uh, but I think the under is the best bet. Magic Raptors in Toronto, seven-point favorite are the Raptors. Uh, a little bit high. Uh, I opened up at eight, quickly got bet down. I still think the number is a tad high. Uh, I'd like the Magic plus the points. I mean, look at the T Wolves, thirty-four and twenty-nine. They are a ten-point favorite at Oklahoma City tonight. Is that is that a safe bet? Uh, no, it's a little bit. Again, here's another one, way too high. I like the T Wolves. I think they're an upcoming team, especially in the West. It's gonna be a hard out in the playoffs. Uh, I like the T Wolves. I ain't I ain't laying no nine and a half. Well, man, I'm trying to find something to help me pay for Carver's college tuition here. How about Rockets and Nuggets, Denver at home, thirteen and a half point favorite. I wanted to say take the over at 233 and a half, but this one shot six points to 239. I still think there's value on that total. I think it, I think it goes over. I do like Denver. I think they covered this big number. All right, what about this one? 9 p.m. ESPN, the lowly Knicks at the Suns. Phoenix, six and a half point favorite. This is an easy one, right? I'm tapping Phoenix. Uh, I know because his Booker's still out. No CP3. Uh, I think it's a tad, tad high. I, I would wait to see if it's a late game. See if there's any line move. If you like Phoenix, maybe some Knicks money will come in late. I would see and wait to see if there's any uh, line move. I like the under, though. I think way too high. It was 224 and a half when it opened up. All right. Um, there's a big fight in UFC this weekend, huh? Yeah, two guys that not just hate, but capital hate uh, <laughs> each other. Uh, yeah. Masvidal, Kobe Covington. Someone could be walking out in a stretcher. Vince McMahon might throw a chair in. It's one's going to be ugly. I do not see it going more than four rounds. I like the under proud four and a half. Uh, this one, but also UFC 250. This might be the last time we see former NFL player Greg Hardy in the octagon. I see him losing his fourth or fifth one. I, I know he's in the losing streak. I think Spivak uh, beats him. It might be the last time we see Greg Hardy in the octagon. Of all the fights that uh, that you see coming up here, we got some some boxing, and we got we got some uh, got an interesting, I guess, late March and early April, huh? Yeah, and May. Uh, we have a good fight in May in Vegas, which I will be attending with Canelo and Vividal. So it should be a fantastic Triple G's fighting soon. I mean, boxing's uh, the summer in boxing's gonna be really, really, really fun. A lot of big uh, fights coming up. Okay. Easy enough. Something to check out here. Rafael Esparza, as always, man, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. And um, whenever you want sushi, man, let's we still got to do it now. Let's go. I know. I agree. Have a great weekend. Take care, buddy. Uh, at VSI Doc Sports, the way to follow him over on Twitter. Quick break. We come back. Mr. Christian Clark will join us. And we'll ask the Pell's beat writer for the advocate in Picayune his thoughts on 
this Pelicans Jazz series, this should be interesting. I'm telling you, a lot of interesting matchups. Um, I, I think it'd be a huge win for the Pels. I really do. Against this team, they're the four seed. I just, just keep that momentum going. I just, it, and it just, it's kind of like just blood in the water right now with this Laker team. And you just, you, you want to take advantage because LeBron is still LeBron. When AD's healthy, they're just a much better team. And, man, if you can get past them in a game or two distance, you know, all those different things, it would go a long way. It would go a long way. So let's take the break. We'll talk to Christian. It's the sports hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it out. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fan. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Now Sabonis in. Got blocked by Hayes. He got his own rebound. Missed that shot. Taken by Jackson. Valanciunas, the good defense. CJ, bounce feed to Hayes. Spins left. Cold dump it to Jonas. Right hand punch. Timeout Alvin Gentry. Look at Jackson Hayes running towards the bench. Like he's a point guard. He was a point guard in that play. He was doubled by Lyles and Sabonis. All he had to do was turn around, finding Jonas for the wide-open dunk. That's a great pass by Jackson Hayes. Largest lead of the night for New Orleans. Yeah, they wound up winning by 30 points. That's Todd Graffanini and, of course, Daniel Salerson, Pelicans Radio Network. You can catch them again tonight. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Pelicans host the Jazz. Mr. Christian Clark covers the Pelicans for the Picayune and the Advocates at Clark underscore one three. The way to follow on Twitter. Christian, what is going on with this team? All of a sudden, they look like 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 a real NBA playoff team. <laughs> One game back of the Los Angeles Lakers for ninth. It's uh, it's pretty communal uh, when those Lakers games are on. I mean, New Orleans New Orleans basketball Twitter is is on there, and uh, <laughs> it it's basically like the player haters ball. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. 
I, I was watching this morning, and there he is, Kendrick Perkins. Time to shut down LeBron. <laughs> That's fine. Um, it's crazy, right? But, I mean, we go back, and I had a chance to talk to you, but you go back from to that Sunday. Like, it, it was apparent. One squad playing as a team on offense and defense and one not, right? We spoke with David Wesley earlier in the show at 12.15, and he's like, it's a dangerous place to be when you don't know what the problem is and how to fix it, much less with 19 games to go. That's where the Lakers are. The, the, the Pels know they are, Christian, and it almost feels like we, we're we going to seek improvement, which is weird. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like we're, we're going to continue to get see them get better. Yeah, I mean, like, Steve McCollum is just really, really good, and these three games out of the All-Star break, like, you know, him and Brandon Ingram look comfortable together. I think in those five games before the break, you didn't really see, like, CJ and Brandon kind of going off at the same time. Like, they weren't able to do it concurrently, and I think pretty much in these three games after the break, you know, we've seen that of them both being in a rhythm in the same game, and I mean, they're they're a fun offensive team to watch. I mean, I, I believe they're number two in points scored for 100 possessions since they got CJ. You know, the thing I've been highlighting pretty frequently is the improvement in half-court offense. I mean, before they made this trade, they were 28th in, in half-court offense uh, to go off cleaning the glass. That was the third-worst mark in the NBA. Since they got CJ, I believe they're fourth or fifth. I mean, they would have been a top-five half-court offense team. I mean, they're just they're just dangerous on that end. I think one of the things that you see as well, Christian, is other guys. Look, obviously, CJ and B.I., and I want to get to that because you just started with them. And and then the play of some of these other players that I think are going to determine where they go and really how far this can continue to go. And I'm talking about Jackson Hayes, Tony Snow, and things like that. So I want to get your take on that. But first, you mentioned it, so I want to start with it. I think when that trade happened, everyone, probably rightfully so, thought of C.J. McCollum. The impact with Zion. How will he fit with Zion? This moves about Zion. Keeping him happy. Keeping him here. All these things. And almost felt like, shame on us, we completely overlooked his impact to Brandon Ingram. From the dinners to the discussions to how he can almost also be a father figure and influencer and picking up Brandon to another level that we were just kind of looking at perhaps for Zion. Yeah, I mean, like... I think, you know, there was recognition from the front office of, like, you know, at some point you just have to press the gas pedal and try to win. Like, you can only kick the can down the road for so long, and if it was the right deal, I think they're going to be aggressive, and they were. I mean, like, think about it this way. I think Brandon Ingram's in year seven, and he's never made the playoffs, you know? I mean, it's like, at some point you kind of you kind of owe it to him of, like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to, like, give you enough help to where you can do this thing. I mean, you know, I think Brandon has gotten better as a player this year in terms of, you know, his passing. I think he's defending better than he has, um, you know, in a Pelicans uniform previously. I mean, to me, this year is the most he's impacted winning of his three seasons in New Orleans and, and probably, you know, in his time in the NBA in general. I mean, I think he's really become more of a, a winning player. So, yeah, I think you, you owe it to him to try to get him enough help. I mean, man, the load he was carrying offensively was yeah. great. I mean, it was like, double and triple teams every night before the trade. It is nuts to kind of look at it like this, man. Give me some quick thoughts here. 30 seconds apiece. I'm going to throw out some players with you. Jackson Hayes, what has changed for him? Is it really just that position of playing the four? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, like, he's he's really been a pretty talented offensive player, you know, no matter what position he's playing. You know, 
even during his first two years, like just a very productive offensive player. Like he almost just trips into 10 points, but certainly playing the four helps him defensively. I mean, he even talked about it at practice today. You know, he feels much more comfortable guarding on the perimeter and kind of being like a helper who comes in to rebounds, you know, a guy who's a weak side shot blocker rather, rather than, you know, an anchor defensively. I think that's obviously where he still has to get better. Um, Tony Snell, how, how, how key has he sort of been in, in maybe moving forward? Again, I'm, I'm projecting here the next two, three weeks, a guy like him that can come off the bench and hit some three pointers. He's got some size on him too. For sure. I mean, I honestly thought there was a chance that he would be in the starting lineup coming out of the break. Willie Green opted to stay with Jackson Hayes. That's looked like a good move so far. You know, the starting lineup has played pretty well, but mm-hmm. Tony Snell's been the first guy off the bench and yeah, I mean, he's just kind of, I mean, he's like, he's just kind of the three and D guy that, that every team needs to, to fill out their rotation. I and mean, it's just good. Those things like he's really, uh, he gets the shot off quick. He's got a quick trigger on it, like, mm-hmm. and, and can get it off and make it even when guys are right in his grill. It was around this time a year ago, Christian, that we saw Najee Marshall start to earn a contract, right, with the Pelicans. And, you know, after this All Star break, you're kind of seeing him kind of do those things that, that got him that contract. Do you think that he's going to be a player continuing over the next couple of weeks that will be key for this team to help? Yeah, I certainly think he's going to continue to stay in the rotation. I mean, you know, some of the biggest changes we saw in the rotation after the break were Garrett Temple, you know, was moved out of it. Najee Marsh was brought in there as kind of that that ninth guy, and I, I think that's been a good move so far. You know, some of those bench lineups are interesting. Like, they're kind of they get two real small guards in there in, in Jose Alvarado and Devontae Graham, um, and, and you're kind of putting, like, some size in the wings next to them with, with Najee Marshall, with Tony Snell. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he'll definitely continue to be in there. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of looking like the guy he did last spring. That's crazy. Um, I, I think one of the other elements, too, is I mean, we've seen what Alvarado's been able to sort of bring in, but Devontae Graham. It's almost like, you know, you think of trades and you think of things that nature, but you wonder if almost an addition to this team was made by subtracting a starter or making him go into that role. And just the way he was told about it, I think has been incredible to hear storyline. But I'm talking about basketball wise. It's almost like the boost this team sort of needed, though, right? If he can come out and be a scorer over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. And, and honestly, I think if. Last summer had gone more according to plan for the Pelicans front office. They'd been able to to go out and sign another guard, which I think they were trying to do. That Devontae probably would have been, you know, you're kind of in that six man role from the start of the season. But because they just kind of, you know, they weren't able to get a couple deals done, you know, he was kind of, I guess, elevated more to than what you know maybe he anticipated coming into the season. So I think this is the right role for him. You know, be one of your first guards off the bench. Uh, I do think he's a guy who will benefit most from having Zion around if, if Zion, you know, when and if he uh, <laughs> comes back. But this is just a, a better role for Devontae for sure. Mm-hmm. Christian, I asked uh, the guys yesterday, Todd and Daniel and our callers, Spurs and Lakers won when I, when I said arch nemesis. David Wesley was with me. He wouldn't go that way. I said to me, more recently, it's the Jazz. It's a team that, to me, the definition of an arch nemesis is they're just always there in front of you, keeping you from something. I understand the Spurs did back in the day. Um, Lakers at the AD thing, I guess. But I, I say Jazz because... The Go Bear thing, man. I just, I, I think of games where Brandon's gone off. David brought up the 40 point game. 
I think of the game where he should have been fouled and he wasn't, the phantom foul would go bare. I mean, all those different things. Like, I just think of this team and it's, eh, they're tough to beat. I don't know. Who would you say is the Pelicans' arch nemesis? I, I think it's got to be the Lakers. I mean, there's okay. just so much hate in Pelicans fans' hearts, <laughs> you know? Like, people, I honestly, like in my uh, almost three years now around the team, I've never, man, I mean, Sunday night was one of the happiest days or nights I've ever seen on Pelicans Twitter, man. I mean, people were just amped up about that. I mean, they just, they love they love the, the, the Lakers' pain, man. And, I mean, there's just so many, besides the fact that, you know, I got the AD thing, like, there's so many interesting subplots, too. Like, I mean, potentially you're looking at a scenario if the Pelicans can pass the Lakers, they could also put them into 10th for that pre-draft lottery position, which would give them a really good chance to steal their pick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only are they battling them for play on play in tournament contention, seeding, they're maybe battling to, like, get their pick in the upcoming draft, too. So that asked me... No, yes, that leads me to this next question then, Christian. Speaking with Christian Clark, covers the Pelicans for the Advocate and Picayune. Do you want them, if you're a Pels fan, to not make the postseason, or do you want them in that 10th spot so you can host and eliminate them at home? Oh, man. Because I, I don't know I'm if you can have both, from, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just speaking from a, like a media, like, you know, interest <laughs> perspective. Like, uh-huh. I want the Lakers here in a playing tournament game, Anthony Davis playing in New Orleans. I mean, he's only, he's only played in two games in New Orleans since the trade. And man, I'll, I'll never forget that first one where he just got booed every single time he touched the ball. The second one was a lot less memorable. Like I think Zion had already gotten shut down. Like yeah. the Pelicans really weren't playing for anything. So he's only had one game where it was like, you know, the Pelicans are even playing for something. So, I mean, I, I, I need to see it, you know. Lakers here for the play-in tournament, game. and you got to imagine Christian in a game like that. LeBron's giving it his all. AD's giving it his all. I mean that that that's a battle to the death. I mean that, that, that it will be a game where Pell's fans' energies. I, I am with you. I think that arena would be sick. Yeah, I mean, I I think it would be crazy. I mean, that was. I think besides the Zion debut game, that was probably the best atmosphere I've seen at Smoothie King Center was that, that first AD game back here. I mean, that was crazy. Mm. Okay, let's say they don't make it. Do, do some of these matchups sort of favor the Pels or near or not? Look, March 26th, April 7th, man. I, I, I looked at it yesterday. That's when this is going to be decided. I mean, the, the Pels play the Spurs in there, the Lakers twice, the Blazers. I mean, when you look at in that frame – on the schedule, that's when I think you'll you'll know. I mean, you'll know. They're 10, they're 9, or whatever, right? The Clippers are in there as well, so you'll, you'll, you'll definitely know. But so much attention, obviously, is on that Laker impossible play-in game. But now that you're just one game up, I'm like, do, do you want to face the Clippers in a play-in? Is it better to face the Lakers in a play-in? Is it not better to face in the Spurs or the Blazers in the play-in? Like, who would you want? And I know we're, we're ways away. Got to get in the play-in. But is, is there one that you're, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want to see that one in the play-in? I mean, yeah, I know any time like, you have to play LeBron for just one game with some real stakes, you know, that, that makes me nervous. Even even as much of an absolute flaming dumpster fire that the Lakers have been this year, like, that one would make me kind of nervous, you know? Right. Like, who's who's Portland's go-to score with Dame out? Like, Anthony Simons, who's having a really good year, but, like, it's Anthony Simons, you know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's not even 
uh, that comparable to me. And uh, the Spurs, the Spurs have played the Pelicans really well this year too. I agree. That would make me, that would make me, uh, you know, a little bit nervous. But I mean, I think that would be a fun one. And if I had to rank them, like in terms of who I'd think they have the best chance of beating in just one game, I'd probably say Portland one, San Antonio two, Lakers three. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I hear you. Tonight, sir, Jazz. Why? Why is Why is Utah been such a tough? opponent and how do you think this one goes i mean they're, they're just good they're, they're just really good <laughs> um i mean man the, the thing i'm interested in is that obviously like they got rudy go back back there like protecting the rim you know he doesn't he will leave the paint but for the most part he's kind of in the drop and you know the pelicans have two guys in brandon ingram and cj mccallum who are kind of like you know mid-range assassins like they have two guys whose skill sets you know are are kind of suited to like beating the way, you know, Utah likes to defend if you just want to have Gobert back there protecting the rim. So that's kind of, I guess, what I got my eye on today. Mm-hmm. All right. Mr. Christian Clark at C. Clark. Uh, 13 is the way to follow over on Twitter, underscore 13. As always, man, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. I, I, look, I, I thought the crowd was nice, man, Wednesday after Mardi Gras of all days. I think on a Friday night against this team with what's kind of at stake, knowing you can – Get closer to the Lakers, right? I I, I kind of think it should be a fun atmosphere tonight. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's been better lately, but I hope so too. I mean, it, it honestly is it's a fun team, you know. Like I think it's like a a team, uh, you know, the city can be proud of for sure. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Yes, sir. See you, Mr. Christian Clark. Quick break. We come back. Corey Glore, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, will join us as. He will talk about last night's win on the hardwood and then preview the action on the diamond. We'll do that next on the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-size problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received Health Grades 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. What's more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things. Our commitment to quality and your satisfaction. Both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional, once again recognized by Health Grades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates on auto insurance, but what does that mean? Surprising. This often means something comes out of nowhere, like finding that $20 bill in your dryer. 
great? Well, obviously, great means superior. Rates? Simply what one pays in exchange for something. And in this case, that something is State Farm being there when you need them most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios in Cutoff. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. All right, welcome back. Lots of action all around the states. On the Diamond in the Hardwood Conference Tournaments next week. Regular season's wrapping up and all. Um, so we've had fun. Talk, uh, talked at Austin Clanch, head coach of the Colonels, winner-take-all game against UNO. Mark Schlesinger, head coach of the Privateers, spoke to him at 1230. Talked to the voices so far of the Colonels, Jack Benjamin, Jude Young coming up next hour to give us their takes. But got to sneak in Mr. Corey Glore here, who's been busy. Um, you got basketball, you got baseball storylines, man, that are, that are pretty big in uptown New Orleans. First off, good afternoon to you. How are you? Hello, Gus. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Sound tired there, but <laughs> um, basketball got 13 wins last night, man. The win last night against UCF, uh, another nice crowd over on Ferret Street, 82-67. The final, the most wins now uh, on the regular season since the 2017-18. And I know, I guess, outside of Tulane, they're like. It's only 13 wins. It's 10 conference wins. But, Corey, it wasn't that long ago, Graf called a season where there were zero conference wins. Yeah, and this this ensures their first conference winning season since 06-07, regardless of what happened Sunday at SMU. Um, so this year has been a milestone year for Tulane basketball. You're going to look at the overall record first and say, well, that's not very special, but then you see what they did in this American Athletic Conference, and you realize that they took a turn heading into the 2022 calendar year and to see them close up Fogelman and Devon last night with a very resounding win over a team that they needed to beat, um, then that, that bodes well for this program moving forward. You can feel it kind of forcing back in around Uptown, just some interest, some energy around this program. How big was that considering what took place back over the weekend in Philadelphia, man? That that loss against Temple, that was tough to watch, much less yeah. um, be there. I don't want to say that was a win because you have to earn it, right? But it was a game that was that was winnable, that was within grasp, that was there to be taken. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I mean, they were never without reach of that game in Philly. It was only a six-point margin. That was the biggest lead that Temple ever had in that game. Uh, and But they could never come back in the second half and tie them up. And that you lose Jalen Cook early on in the second half. And this team needed time to figure out how to play without them. They eventually did, but they just could not string a bucket with a stop. It, it was it was frustrating because the team gave up 52 percent in the second half to a Temple team that isn't a very high octane offense. Um, and so Thursday was the the first opportunity since really non conference play where it could have snowballed without Jalen Cook again, uh, and they made sure it didn't. I mean, there was never any doubt that Tulane was going to win last night. And mm-hmm. they needed that in the standings. They needed that just for their confidence sake heading into next week. Uh, they needed that in a big way last night. I think when you 
take a look, I guess, projecting forward to Corey. Um, what, is it just gravy at this point? Obviously, especially if you get a win against SMU on Sunday going into the tournament. Like what, what are the goals here? Um, try to get a win or two. To, I mean, obviously winning it would, would be that will take you dancing, but what, are, what does Ron Hunter sort of feel his team can sort of, uh, go over the next couple of days? Uh, there, there is a lot of confidence around this program, Gus, that they can win Fort Worth. Now, I think it is contingent, at least from my perspective, on they need a first-round buy in order to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And that means that you win at SMU and you pull that off. A lot of other things can happen if you don't get the win in Dallas on Sunday that gets you a first-round buy. But I think Ron Hunter has been just oozing confidence and his team has followed suit where they feel, yeah, if they, if they need to run into Memphis again or run into Houston again or even SMU for a third time, regardless of what happens Sunday, they, they like their chances against the rest of the field in Fort Worth. Yeah, that they, they think postseason is very realistic for this group, whether it is CBI, NIT, or even higher than that. I mean, and they'll need to win the tourney for that to happen, but um, there's no doubt that the folks around this program believe that they're capable of, of making a run next week. Speaking with Corey Glore, voice of the Tulane Green Wave, you can follow him on Twitter at Corey Glore. So tonight, um, no rest for you, bud. Got to get back to it. Diamond action, though. Tulane and Mississippi State, before we get to that series, a couple of wins, though, this week by Tulane to to get up to, what, 8-1 and one on the season, and... I guess in speaking with Coach Travis Stewart yesterday, is the way the the team's been pitching perhaps been the early season surprise in a good way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they've needed to see. That that was the big question mark heading in, was what would they do with a brand-new rotation with the exception of Tyler Hoffman and with 11 freshman pitchers? I mean, that that was the question. Um, Or 11 new pitchers, I should say, eight of them true freshmen. And so far, through nine games, uh, I, the bullpen has been really impressive to me, and they're starting to hopefully find some answers as to who to go to at the back end of the bullpen. And then the starting rotation has looked good. Dylan Carmouche has mm-hmm. been terrific in game two roles, and he's going to see his old team this weekend. Um, you know, Tyler Hoffman and Michael Massey, Friday and Sunday respectively, they have been decent. I think there's another level to each one of them. And now they're going to get a level up in competition this weekend. So um, the, the pitching has been the key. As much as the, the eyes open at 23 runs on Tuesday and they've scored 46 in the last three games, that's great. We knew the offense was capable of putting up numbers like that. Maybe not 23, that's a lot. But we knew the offense was capable of doing damage like that. It was whether or not the pitching was able to hang with it, and so far it has how often is last season's series in Starkville spoken about over there? I mean, they've been. I mean, you you talked to Travis Stewart, Gus. You know, he's pretty much an open book, and they they know very well what happened last year and how they they should have gone out of that, that series in Starkville with a sweep, and instead they dropped the final two in some real gut wrenching fashion. So it it is very much on their mind, no question about it. That. They're not hiding from a lot of the talk heading into the year about what is on the table. That a postseason appearance is not just a want, but a need for this team after what last year turned out to be. And they've headed into this series against Mississippi State remembering full well 
should have been three and zero last year in Starkville, right. and now they get a shot back to get them back here. And, and it's not just a want; it's a need. They they need to win this series. They're looking at it that way. They know that if they win this series, then they're going to start showing up with a number next to their name next week. Um, they're not hiding from any of that. They're, they're very good at staying kind of in the the present moment so right. far this year. This is kind of the first real weekend, Gus, where it might grow a little bit bigger on them. The picture starts to go a little bit bigger if they walk out of this weekend with a win. It's important, isn't it, right? I mean, because you start looking at the schedules here at head. Look, um, Southern Miss beat Mississippi State earlier this week, 7-1. to one. That's the next road game. And then you have LSU coming up in Baton Rouge on Tuesday, March 15th. But I'm looking at teams, obviously, that ranked. That's why the Louisiana Tech series was so big, right? I mean, you got to get some of these quote-unquote resume enhancers. I know you refer to that a lot in basketball. But if you want to host regionals or if you want to go to regional, you got to get those, don't you? Yeah, college baseball, I think, provides such a, a unique balance of those non-conference games, whether it's early on the year and weekend or the midweek sprinkled throughout the year, and then loading up the importance of conference play. And so it's hard to really find which one's more crucial as the season goes along, but when you're talking about third week of the year and you've already gone to a ranked team and taken a series, and you've got you know, a number nine team in the nation, the defending national champions this weekend, and then you're right with Southern Miss, a huge one coming up on Wednesday, LSU the week after that, you got a lot of home weekends coming up here, mm-hmm. Gus, but suddenly these non-conference games, like four, the next four here, five of the next eight, uh, these could be ones that we look back on in early May as to whether or not we're talking about Tulane as an at-large team, as hosting a regional, if they're contending for the conference. Like These are the games that you get now. You're going to have these opportunities right here, right now. And if you can pull out wins then two months from now, three months from now, you're going to be sitting pretty. Corey Glore, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Voice of the Tulane Green Wave can be followed over there at Corey Glore. Then Green Wave BSB, if you want to follow the game tonight, should be a fun atmosphere, man. Do you see people tailgating there already? <laughs> uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me. I'm about to head over to the park. I have heard rumors about what this park can look like in a game like this. So I'm looking forward to it tonight, tomorrow, and then you get to take it home on Sunday. So you, so you suggest I get there in plenty of time on Sunday? Yeah, I'd try Saturday night if I were you for your for your call on Sunday. Yeah, I want to make it nice and easy for you. I don't need you stressing. You know, what time do we go in here? One o'clock. There we go. Actually, twelve forty-five. Right, fifteen-minute pregame. Twelve forty-five, please. Thank you. I got it. I got it. I'll just text you. You know, before Sunday. Thank you, Court. Appreciate the time, bud. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, for sure. Quick break. We come back. Jude Young. He calls to privateers tomorrow. Winner take all over there in Thibodeau. Nichols, UNO at 3.30. We heard from Jack Benjamin. We heard from Austin Clunch. And we heard from Mark Schlesinger. Let's hear from the play-by-play voice of the privateers next on ESPN New Orleans. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to